Hey everyone, welcome to Handing the Shame Back. This is part two of Juanita Phillips' amazing survivor story. And as with all shows, there's a trigger warning. And we have this so that you don't get too triggered or traumatized watching or listening to this podcast. This channel is for survivors across the world. Uh, we see you and uh, we are here for you. Uh, this part two of Juanita's interview focuses on what she did to recover, what supports were around her as she moved through that phase and, and anything she would perhaps recommend to you as the amazing survivors that you are. So uh, just a, a brief recap, Juanita comes from Midlands, Mid Wales, UK. She's a survivor, she's an advocate, and she's also a poet. I think she's actually a musician as well, but she didn't really talk about that too much. Um, but what what we're gonna do is we're now going to, uh, to understand just very briefly that Juanita had not one or two, but she actually had eight abusers. And uh, so, this is how she managed to get through all of that and what her healing entailed. So just as we begin again, Juanita, anything kind of top of mind for you around your healing, what helped you? Okay, so really I I think... The biggest thing has been maybe my pets that have been a bit of a pain tonight, but, um, but having maybe having someone else to some someone to give someone to give love to and someone to get love back from that with nothing, you know, just pure love, a proper proper love, not this, not that not abuse, um, and. And nature as well. I absolutely, I cannot recommend it enough for people. So I just, it's proven to be um, beneficial, but it, it, it absolutely is um, just to get out with wherever you are. But, and if and if you can't get out to it, bring some in. Like I see you have lovely plants there in the background, Gloria. Then Bring some inside so that you've got nature around you, things to look after. I love yeah. that. I just want to go back to your pets because you may not have realised it, but what you were actually talking about was unconditional love. Yes, thank you. I think I was trying to get to that word. <laughs> yes, thank I, you. I love it because it's the beauty of our pets and for survivors, if you haven't got a pet, consider one. Because um, yeah, they love you, you're always right in their opinion, and they're not going to argue with you, and uh, yeah. they're just amazing. So I'm so pleased you mentioned pets. I think you're the very first uh, guest I've ever had on the show that's that's mentioned pets as oh, being wow. a big part of recovery, and I so love that. I think as survivors, and be interested in what you think, Juanita, as survivors sometimes we don't always realise that because we didn't experience the unconditional love, we're deeply searching for it. And we're yeah. not even aware that we are. But once you have that pet in your life, can you tell us how yeah. that 
for you. Oh, I can't hear you now. Yeah, I can't hear you. Your volume's gone. Say something. Oh, now I can hear you. Yep, now you're there. Ah, okay. Oh, it's maybe my... Okay, we'll try it without. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was... Honestly, um, so when I was between six months old and two years old, um, we had our first dog. And that dog was literally like my mum and dad to me. Um, so sadly he got left in new zealand funnily enough so we lived in new zealand again from the when i was six months old till about two two and a half um and then we came back here and we were meant to come back but we never came we never went back so um so the dog got left in new zealand so but i carry him with me literally in my heart mm. um yeah Oh. But I remember the dog more than I remember more than I remember mum or I don't remember mum or dad there really. But yeah, the dog absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so so powerful because I don't know what you think about this, but I know other survivors and and those listening and watching. Of course, hello, lovely ones. You've mentioned this over time and through messaging that. Um, we don't actually want any words of advice necessarily. We don't always want ideas for how to move forward. We don't want others' opinions on what we should do. We actually just want to be heard. And it sounds like that beautiful dog and, and all the other pets you've had in the, uh, since then have been that for you. And I think for survivors, it's an important takeaway. Sometimes we just want to be heard. We don't need anything but for people to use their ears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So in nature, yeah. of course, beautiful with nature. What about any yeah. sort of therapy or or um yeah any any of the different types of healing modalities anything appeal to you or draw drew you in so um counseling and stuff i had i've been in counseling um on and off since like early 20 my early 20s but um for a lot of the time i still hadn't told i still didn't tell them why why i was there i didn't say about the childhood abuse i'd got into a violent relationship then and so i was telling them about that but i wasn't telling them because i hadn't told anybody else i still hadn't disclosed to family i hadn't told my sisters not until i was about 27 i think 20 26 27 um yeah so I was it was almost like I was testing the waters so 
Um, were you aware? It was sitting there. Were you aware it was sitting underneath it all, but it was just yeah, it was just not going to happen. It was too big a hurdle. Yeah, yeah, I was aware that it was still yeah that it was there. It was almost like, and I think I was maybe even recognizing certain things so that oh, that is from that, or that'll be to do with that. But it just yeah, because I hadn't voiced it to anybody yet. I still, even in that one to one. Um, private sessions no I still couldn't but I've, I I feel your, like it wasn't your time and I know it wasn't it's another great thing for for our survivors to know when it's your time you will know tell us about when it was your time to finally use your words <laughs> well, well, uh, yeah so well it's it did sort of I mean it's it started a long time ago but um but I want to say yeah like sort of 26 20 I think it was 26 27 um and then I met a friend and he'd had um an abusive um childhood as well so it was from speaking to him and he was quite open in his talk um that it sort of yeah it gave me one somebody to talk to about it but yeah I remember saying to him I I I was with um I hadn't actually married the guy but I was with the guy that went on to be my husband but um so I had a boyfriend then and he was a friend of his and so I disclosed I told my boyfriend um but it was still all secret you know like I told him but we still did family still didn't know um so yeah so finding somebody else that had the same sort of a similar history and and I think just growing into myself as well, just becoming older. Um, and then, but really, I want to say that it's only in the last sort of two and a half years, really, that I've, that I've really, I want to say blossomed, blossomed into that I'm feeling a lot more confident, comfortable um, in speaking about what's happened to me in the last few years interesting I, I want to come back to something you said because I think it's it's so valuable yeah. you talked about you know telling someone with the same sort of history helped because there's an innate understanding and hence handing the shame back and other groups like this that um, where there is a commonality of experiences we don't need to explain or justify or rationalize because we get it. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the conversation just follows. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. that awkward uh, difficulty where we suddenly end up scrambling to try and make it palatable. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The fear, the horror of trying to tell somebody who you hasn't got any history of it is just what was it like when you did tell your parents or did you tell them uh so i did tell um i went to see my dad and my stepmom um with my sister and i told i did tell them but it was all very sort of like I felt like I just went there blurted it all out gave them this that the other this had happened that had happened blah 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 and then it was like landing a huge bombshell on them and then not having the time to spend 
to go through anything and explore or, or anything. And so my, my dad and I, we never spoke about it again. So it was like this one-time event that I got to say to him. And yeah, it just, I think with him living away, if I think if he'd have lived closer so that I could see him every day, then we would have spoke about it again. But it just, because you just see each other like a few times a year or something, it, it becomes that um, thing not to bring up again. So it never got brought up again. Um, and then he died in 2017. But that's years later, see, after me disclosing to him. Um, but yeah, it just never got spoken about again. It's almost like, it, so this is what happened. So I went and reported, like I think it was 97. I reported it all. It all seemed to come out and then it all got shoved back down again. Uh, it's, yeah. And yeah. And it got and shoved back ago. down because there wasn't a, a successful outcome, which leads survivors back into feeling, well, what was the point in speaking? Yeah. Yeah. The police um, investigations went absolutely nowhere. They were awful at keeping in touch. They just didn't even inform. And they were, I've reported again in this last two years. Um, I'm sad to say that it wasn't any better this time around either. Um, I was hoping that with all these years passed that they would have got better, but dire, really appalling, really poor show. Um, the Maggie Oliver Foundation might be a good group. Yes, yes. yes. For you. But, yeah, yeah. Look, it's not okay. Hey, do you, um, you know, I'm thinking about all of these things and you said something beautiful before and it was um, you used the words growing into myself and I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that because it sounds like you were able to reach a place where you could not have to hold that secret anymore. What was that? Yeah, so yeah. growing into <laughs> it sounds beautiful. It wasn't beautiful oh. when it was happening. <laughs> it was like, it's like it's like the butterfly and the chrysalis, isn't it? It's like it's really painful, extremely painful. Um, <laughs> but here, yeah, <laughs> I want to give hope on the other side of it. Um, but so two two and a half years ago, I um, suddenly became conscious of being raped. By a cousin, a different cousin, um, when I was actually 40 years old. So it had actually been nine years previous. I didn't realize, I didn't know that I had complex PTSD from being abused as a child. And that within that, I had become amnesic of later assaults in life. And so, and then, and then all of a sudden, it's just like a volcano is literally erupting out of me and completely changed my life absolutely changed my life I was working I couldn't carry on working it really was devastating decimating is how I call it um and trying to make sense of that and yeah so growing into myself yeah so yeah it sounds beautiful but yeah extremely painful this two and a half years it's only may of this year that i've 
even started feeling recovered enough, recovered's the word, recovered enough to be able to function. And that is not here. And, and we're so grateful for that. And, you know, I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to be at a certain place in our healing or reach a certain age and have mastered it. And we, we all know that when the time is right, it will find you. And there's no way, actually, I don't believe, and survivors watching, please have a think about this. There's no way you can deal with what your mind isn't ready to cope with. Think about that. If you're not in a place where your mind can manage the trauma you went through, therefore the dissociation or amnesic state, it's damaging for you to try and force it. So I'm so grateful that you weren't ready because when you were, it could come and then you could deal. Yeah? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So look, I want to talk about, you know, you and I uh, mentioned briefly before dysregulation. And we know, and, and for for our audience as well, dysregulation is the opposite of regulation. So dysregulation is an inability to manage your emotions or control your behavior. And there's components to it, you know, and I think as survivors, we do experience this. So for instance, one of the components of it is having overly intense emotions. Uh, another is our impulsive behavior. Another lack of emotional awareness. Uh, for some of us, we avoid difficult emotions um, or we have an inability to manage behavior and, and even troublemaking decisions. So I guess I'm wondering, Juanita, pick apart any part. What do you notice or what have you noticed about yourself in terms of that uh, emotional dysregulation? Yeah, so I'm actually in treatment as well still at the moment for um to try and regulate the dysregulation or to give me tools to try and help me manage that which again is yeah part of the complex PTSD and you put it beautifully how it is um beautifully but you know what I mean mm-hmm. um because it's not a beautiful thing it's not a beautiful thing to experience so oh it comes out in so many ways but for me it's um yeah, really hard to regulate. I get caught on just daily things, um, like maybe dog barking at somebody outside. Um, I'm on high alert as to what what is it? Who is it? Is there somebody there? Is there danger? It puts me on this danger alert. Is, yeah. is there somebody coming for me? Because you're living, you can't... Um, you're living as if you're still in the moment of part, danger. Part because danger yeah. is your past. Yeah. So yeah. So um, so that was part of my dysregulation. But emotional dysregulation as well. It's like um I don't want to say highly sensitive, but <laughs> but but really highly sensitive. So Again, because I'm so heightened aware, I'm so aware, so maybe I'm taking in too much of everything, you know, like a look that's given, 
um, like yesterday I went swimming and there was a lady giving me a funny look and then I'm caught up half the day upset wondering what had I done had I done something had I done something that I hadn't noticed so this self-blame then as well and it's and you're just caught on this cycle it's like being on a hamster wheel all, all the time of this very it's heartbreak it's like a beat up it's like beating yourself up but you can't stop you can't stop because you're trying to work stuff out and you weren't able you can't work stuff out because you've had this awful upbringing how are you meant to work it out even all these years on well he he is a little gift and i think you might like this yeah this, this dysregulation is is simply honoring and acknowledging that what you went through did happen yeah so you see how it validates yeah, it dates and vindicates. So sometimes, if we can turn it round, although it's not pleasant, please take. Yeah. That, take. That. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, and the more we are aware, I'm such a huge believer in this, Juanita. The more we are aware, the more we are likely to be able to take charge of. So congratulations, because although it's hard, and we know for our beautiful survivors watching, there's so many challenges on our journey. And I think I just want to applaud you, Juanita, and, and others as well, because, man, you look at what you've had to try and overcome and still try and deal with today. You've got the life skills of, of most people would never even have or need to have. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. That's pretty something. Just as we're going into a closeout, Juanita, is there anything you would like to say or add? I'm going to put your details in the show notes so people can reach out as they would like to. But is there anything... Any final thoughts or anything you would like to say or add that you haven't as yet? Um, I could try and read a little poem for you, if okay. you like. Yep. I'll try. So I've called it a healing poem. Oh. Because I'd like to give them a title, but I've only like given it a title. I've had the poem for maybe a year, but um, um, but yeah, so I, I gave it that's the title I gave it. Awesome. Please do. Okay. Okay, thank you. So, there she is, our beautiful star, beaming light on me from ever so far, warming my body and soothing my mind. How lucky am I, this peace here to find. The green field, it beckons. The dog leads the way. A robin is singing. Let's hear what the earth has to say. My footsteps tread lightly, my soul here is free. Then right here beside me, the mighty oak tree. Calming my spirit and holding me tight, whispering to me, it'll all be all right. The seasons are with us, with you and with me. Just as the world's turning, all's as it should be. Oh, that is so beautiful. Please, please do put a link to that or share that with me so we can 
Ed. And not, I just, could you stay right there, please, Juanita? But to our audience, wow, how beautiful. I feel so peaceful and soothed by those stunning words. Thank you so much to Juanita. We looked at dysregulation and the impact it has. Her courage and her bravery and her truth is certainly going to help us moving ahead. So thank you so much. And as always, beautiful survivors, please know I see you, I stand beside you, and I believe you.